In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 hello. My name is Ryan Roxy and welcome to In the Trenches podcast. Yeah, I know. Everything looks different now. We're in a new location, right? An undisclosed location. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Welcome to In the Trenches. I'm excited about today's episode, no doubt. This episode is one of those, you know, you know, all my guests that I have on the podcast, I'm always intrigued. I'm always sort of fascinated by the journey that they took to get where they are. And the difference is a lot of the guys and girls that I have on my podcast, I've known for a while. And our guest today, um, I haven't known. This is the first time we've actually been talking um, as an interview, but I felt like I knew him the second that I DM'd him and asked him to be on the show because, you know, we'll talk about how I got hip to our guest today in just a little bit. But, um, you know, let me tell you a little bit about him. Um, he's, well, first of all, let me tell me a little bit about you guys. Um, thank you very much for showing up. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Um, and thank you for being part of it, whether you are listening to us with the audio headphones and uh, you're listening to us on Spotify or you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. But we'd like for you to get into the chat and get into our YouTube official channel. That's Ryan Roxy official and hit that subscribe button. That's right there right now. And uh, there it is. I'm still getting used to which way to point here. Uh, Vic Chalfont, our illustrious producer is in full form today. And like I said, we've been working on to upgrade our stuff in 2021, uh, upgrade the production value. So uh, we appreciate all your support with the podcast and all your comments that you guys leave, except for those trolls, and you know which ones you are, all right? So, let's get into our guest today, all right? Because I, like I said, I'm excited to talk to him. Um, a lot of guys have different paths, you know, a lot of our guests have different paths of how they get to where they want to be, and, you know, as I said myself, I'm still not where I want to be. We're all still going there. It's a never-ending journey, but, you know, amongst the things that our guest does today, musician, first and foremost, because, you know, that's what we have here at In the Trenches. But then again, I like branched out a little bit because he's a writer, a radio host, the guy teaches jujitsu, and he's also a stand-up comedian as well. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a, a few other things that come up during our conversation. So you will, will you welcome into the trenches, Jamie Kilstein. Hey, what's happening, Jamie? Hey, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, that the intro of things I do would horrify any girlfriend's dad. <laughs> like just I feel like I just chose unmarketable path. And then the backup plan was a more unmarketable path. And then I just kept going down the line of bad choices. Well, I'm just I'm looking at the list. I'm going, are there any of these that are possible to make money at as a musician, as no. a fellow musician? <laughs> Well, except for teaching jujitsu, which is like, you know, no, no, that was even that was that was less money than when I was doing like open mics at stand up. <laughs> it anything that anything that's fun and that you enjoy, you have to work very, very hard to make a living at. But then when you do, it's very, very worth it. I realized as you were listing that I'm pretty much just living out like 16 year old Jamie's fantasy it's like i want to fight and play guitar and i want people to tell me i'm funny and and then that's what i do what else do you want like I, and, and i and somebody told me this a long time ago i i don't know i was in some sort of urinal i was peeing next to an old man and he actually said yeah. uh he goes to me he goes you know you're always gonna seem like you're the young age that you are now kid 
you're always going to feel that way inside your mind because that's the way I feel. And I was like, wow. And it wasn't anybody, you know, wasn't anybody famous because I have peed next to famous people before, you know, I mean, and, 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 and it's true. It's like, I think no matter what age you are, you kind of always feel a, a, a bit younger of when you perhaps felt the most comfortable or where you felt the most driven or whatever. Cause I still don't feel 55 at all. No, you know? no. And you have, you, 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 I think that should be the goal. First of all, I want to know this old man story. <laughs> I ha- I want to know if he just like lives in the bathroom and just hands out <laughs> sage wisdom. I also, peed next to Paul Rudd at an airport lounge and I'm now furious that he didn't give me any like sage advice. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's what I've learned over quarantine is that all of the cliches that were taught about putting love first, leading with passion about, you know, those are the keys to life. All of the Hallmark card, you know, tropes essentially. And I feel like not letting age defeat you, not being, because I've had moments like that where I'm like, okay, I want to pursue music now. And I'm like, cool, man, I'm doing this at like 38. Like I've been playing guitar since I was 17. Why didn't I do that? You know, why didn't I go for it then? But if you live like that, you're essentially like, you're cock blocking yourself because then I'm just going to live in this um, mental state of failure as opposed to harnessing how driven I was back then with the knowledge I have now. And in hopefully the goal is to be able to make something that I never could have made um, back when I was in my 20s and, you know, had all this potential in front you of me. You have the wisdom now. Like, you, you got the wisdom yes. now, right? And experience. Yes. And, you, that's the oh, one thing I tell patience. people. You can't, you cannot teach experience. That's the one thing I, I, I teach a lot of lessons. I try to get everybody started. You're a great example of, of, you know, persistence and patience. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Dude. I mean, I told, it's so funny you say that because, so I, I was talking to my agent and manager before I got on the phone with you or before I got on this podcast. And, um, I literally said to my agent, I think the key for this like music pivot is to be patient. And then I looked at me who used to be patient about nothing. Like when I was 22, I'm like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that blah, 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 blah. Like, or even like when I was like getting really big in comedy, I, I impatience really hurt me um, looking back. And I saw myself text to my agent. I think we just need to be patient. And I like almost like took a step back. Like I shocked myself, you know, where I was like, Oh, Look who's fucking grown up. Maybe this guy. Maybe yeah, you were peeing I, next I, to yourself. You know. Yeah, I was just. I was just thinking about that. I was harnessing my 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 old urinal man. <laughs> the the old the, the, the most famous person I ever I peed next to, and I think I've told the audience this before. I think was uh, Charlie Watts and uh, Hugh Hefner. Those were the not at the same time, but those were you know right right around the That's same era. One. So those were two, but they, yeah. neither of them gave me the advice that this guy did, you know, and no. uh, about remaining sort of young in your heart and stuff. And like you said earlier, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love that. And I, and I love looking to you. I've really been living by, you know, look, I've done a lot of mushrooms over quarantine and <laughs> I have really this, everything happens for a reason. You know, if, if, the stand-up album, if going on political shows, comedy shows, if the only thing it brought me was like meeting you at the time when 
you know, I want to do music, like stuff like that. I'm really trying to be in tune with, but also just uh, the, the, the five people you surround yourself with. I think Jim Rome said that, but it's, it's so true where, you know, I think the quote is you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And this year has really been a year of me being like, if there are people who are toxic in my life or people who just, when you tell them your crazy dreams, they go, eh, like, are you sure? I just, I don't have time for that. And not that I don't want to be criticized. You know, if I send you music and you go, hey, man, have you thought about this, this and this? You are a musician. You are a musician way ahead of me. So I would take that advice. But I think you know what I mean. The people who are just constantly uh, kind of just telling you you can't do the crazy things or you shouldn't take the risks. And so I just want to surround myself with the youthful spirit, with artists I respect, with you know, people who inspire me to make shit. Um, that's, that's the plan, you know? And I'm so, so when you talk about age, it's like, yeah, man, I had no fucking idea you were 55. That's insane. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yes, those are the people that I want to, you know, almost have as like friends or even mentors in my life. Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing that's sometimes you go out of your circle for that. And for this podcast, you know, when I first saw you and I'll tell people how I uh, sort of got into you and your, in your comedy and then right. your political punditry, I guess you would say, I've been trying to figure that out sure. as well, You're, you know? Um, but it was, I said, look, I want to branch out because 2021 with in the trenches and, and we've worked really hard, Vic and I, and the whole, you know, RGA team has worked hard on getting this podcast to a certain point. And, and I know your podcast, uh, you do the same thing that you have. And we're going to talk about your podcast in a bit, but I was like this year in 2021, I want to get on some guests, maybe that aren't just musicians that maybe there's a common thread around there, but people that inspire. And, um, you definitely did. And, and when I first saw you, it was on one of the shows that I watch a lot on the internet. I, I find myself watching more. I mean, do I, do I even watch TV here anymore? I mean, I, I definitely don't watch any Swedish TV. So I have like Apple yeah. TV. Do you watch TV anymore? Or is it more about all streaming? Yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty much all streaming. Yeah, I don't even have cable anymore. I don't need it. Like, I'm not like a sports guy. I don't, yeah. And no, just, and just, just for you guys TV listening, uh, Jamie's coming to us uh, from Austin. I'm in a, a Stockholm, Sweden, and we both had yep. snow. Uh, mine, the, the only yeah. difference is that I have it still on the ground out here, and it probably will for the next four months. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, uh, here in Austin, nobody knew what to do. I, rem- I can actually trace back uh, the moment I was discovered, quote-unquote, also has to do with snow in Texas. And I just thought about this really? because so my like short, Oh, I'm so sorry. You were going to get the fucking the TV show. No, 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 I, no. I we're going to, we're going to go through the whole thing. It's fun. Okay. I want to know. I, I never know about this moment. story. I think, I think you'll like this. So in order, I wanted to be a musician first, ended up with stand up comedy. Somehow, did slam poetry on the road for two years. So what happened was I was in a band in high school. I thought the band was great. Um, we were starting to get some good gigs. It was like a jam band. Um, so the li- 
I had, the lyrics were not not the best. I had heard that uh, some well because I actually did go down the rabbit hole and watched a few of your other interviews that you've done, and you were listing a few of these bands that were were sort of um, you know influences and stuff. And you said one of them, or you you had Blues Traveler was one of the sort of yeah. bands that yeah. you guys and Dave Matthews, Fish, Wilco, yes. those types of bands. Yeah. But what, what yep. was the deal with Blues Travel? You act, did you open up a show or something like that with them? No. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I grew up in Jersey and we opened for the band that opened for Blues Traveler. So we were like, we're fucking, we did it. You're huge. Like, we're huge. Like, this is it. And it was at some like, uh, it was at Prince, it was at a university at like some like eating club or something in Princeton. And, um, but it was the first time that like we played out of good equipment. It was the first time the drums were mic'd. Do you remember the first time you played and the drums were mic'd? Yeah, You're they- just like, I mean, dude, there were probably only like 50 people there. But I was like, that's a good crowd. We, yeah, <laughs> we, had, we had monitors for the first time. I was like, <gasps> like, it sounded like we were in a professional studio because we were playing through all of their gear. And it was, I mean, to this day, man, and I've done stand up at the Sydney Opera House. It was like <laughs> the one of the best gigs. I put that in the top five of <laughs> gigs I played. So after that gig, I like got my band. I like gathered them around and I'm like, all right, guys, we got to start talking about like merch we got to start talking about like tour <laughs> like i'm always the one guy who if if you start a thing with a group of friends everybody trickles away and i'm always the last man standing that was music it was jujitsu you know when i started jujitsu at 17 i like showed up with five friends just me um and so it's lonely you, one of the few people that haven't been influenced by joe rogan to start jujitsu <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre fucking Joe Rogan. I had a podcast before fucking Marin. There you go. Before Rogan. Uh, yeah. And the so pioneer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, although they are much more successful, I should I should have followed them. Um, I, I always really equate those things to like that scene in uh, that's what is that scene in Saving Private Ryan when the first fucking uh, the wall of the boat comes down. And then the first guy just gets bam right in the head and you go, nah, it's not good to be the first guy. Always better to be the second. Yeah, that, yeah, that was me. That was me. I was the guy. Uh, and so the my band, uh, we were named after a Simpsons reference because uh, we were all stoners. Um, my band in Pray for Mojo, um, they were like, we have to go to college. And I was like, but we know what we want to do. We want to play music. And they were like, yeah, but we can't just do it. And so at the time, I sing a little bit now. I'll sing if I have to. Um, but I was so afraid to sing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't even seen that picture. You know, what? Um, Vic, our, Vic Chalfon, our producer, seems to find some really great photos. And, folks, if you're not, whoa. if you're just listening to it, get on the uh, uh, YouTube channel and watch yeah. some of these pictures of Jamie Kilstein. And that band does not talk to me anymore. But the I'm like, I, I, got, I, got, I got very happy seeing that. Um, yeah. And so they uh, they bailed. And because I didn't sing. And I was like, and I'm not like a shredder guitar player or I, I didn't do cool like Tuck Andrus, like slap acoustic shit. I just kind of, you know, I play really well with others and I write. And um, and so I was like, OK, well, that's it. You're still East Coast at this point. You're still, are, you, are, you, are you East Coast and are you living? You I'm, I'm still East Coast. I'm like 17. I just dropped out of high school. And so I was like, well, if I'm not going to do music, I know I have to perform because even if I didn't drop out of high school, I would have failed out. Um, the only class I was uh, doing well in was music. And, uh, and I was like, okay, well, I kind of like stand up 
And I guess that's like performing. And whenever my band performed, I would like joke into the mic and I would get some laughs. And so I started going into New York to do open mics. And that was how I started. I started comedy because I couldn't do music. And well, also, too, that what came first, wrestling or music? Because I I heard that you want to be a wrestler as well. Yeah, that is probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I talked about that on Burt Kreischer's podcast. I think w- once I once I bought a guitar again and started playing and started, you know, I, I posted like my first uh, spoken word piece in a very long time on Instagram this morning. And the reaction has been really fucking cool. Um, I think this is the thing that I just I'm going to go back to. Um you know, because I felt like I've failed so many times, and what I'm what I'm realizing, you know, Henry Rollins. I did not pee next to him, but Henry Rollins once told me uh, when I asked him advice, he's like, "All you have to do is not quit. Like that's it. It's not the most motivational sounding advice, but he's like, if you don't quit, so many people quit every day by default. You may not be a rock star." You'll be making a living something doing will happen. what you... Yeah. Something will happen. Yeah. And I feel like that's such easy advice to hear and go, yeah, I'm just not going to quit. But for me, because I did all of these different weird creative things, I didn't really realize that I was running away from stuff or quitting because I felt like I failed, you know? Because I, 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 it's not like I went back to a day job. No. Um, well, music failed, quote unquote. Uh I went back to stand up. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm still an artist. Yeah, it, it, they all still had some crossover. There's a common thread. Yeah, there's a definitely a crossover with all the stuff you've done. And I and 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 you know what? You you're familiar with the term and I know some people do it better than others. Um I know a few people that they fail upwards. Somehow you, they yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, that can happen. Me, I've kind of, you know, I, I'm in the same boat as you are. And I think there's a lot of us that listen to a lot of people listen to the podcast. You, you just keep trying. You just keep doing and you just keep my whole yep. mantra for 2021 was create. And that's why I started the guitar lessons and trying to get same, people to same. start playing music. Create, create, create. Something's going to happen, right? Yeah, no, that, 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 that's exactly been mine. You know, I, I interviewed... My podcast is very weird. We had like, you know, I, I definitely want you on it. But like we like the, even the last month we had like Diamond Dallas Page from the WWE. But then I've had like big uh, rappers or comedians or it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, but there's this guy named Eric Godsey who's this like Jungian psychology psychedelic. I don't even know how to explain him. Um, but he's great and he's brilliant. And he came on and he was talking about how the Greeks back in the day uh, believe that we all have something called a daemon inside us. And some people in other religions will call it the soul. Um, but essentially it's your intuition. It's every time you're in the shower and you hear a melody and you go "Ah, shit and you have to write that down. Or every time you have a dream that you kind of like wipe away or this gut being like, I need to ask that girl out um, or I need to move to Austin or whatever. Yeah. And surrounded uh, surrounding the daemon are these guardians and the guardians are all of the voices that go, ah, don't do that, man. Um, or like, ah, that girl gets hit on a lot or like, do you really have the money to move to Austin or didn't you already fail with music <laughs> or do you want to be the fucking saving private Ryan guy who gets smashed <laughs> with a bunch of bullets? Like 
And the Guardians, it's not that they're, the way he puts it, it's not that they're like these like mean negative voices, but essentially they're trying to protect your like wounded inner child that still holds on to like your rejection from childhood or your failings or stuff like that. So my goal, much like yours with create and the reason I'm doing music again and the reason is every time I just have this gut feeling, even if I'm afraid, even if I'm like, ah, but what if people are shitty on Twitter about this like spoken word piece or like, eh, do I really want to be political or like, should I take guitar less? I'm just saying yes to all of it. Um, and I'm saying yes right away. And I'm like taking inventory. Before you even have a chance to start, to, before you have a chance for them, for those yes. voices to sort of start to, in your head to start going. Exactly. I, I, I didn't look, like I said, I, I wasn't, didn't know what to expect bringing you on the podcast because like I said, I know a lot of the guests that I have. I, I have toured with a lot of them and, and have history, but I felt an, an immediate sort of uh, bond with you and, who knew that we would be dropping, you know, Greek philosophy on in the trenches on a, <laughs> on a nice I know, Tuesday. I know. My, my stand-up album, I'm literally talking about needy guys eating pussy. And I'm like, as Socrates once said. Uh, and very, don't show I'm your dick. Complex, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you have sage wisdom at a urinal. We've gone over this. Yes, we have. Um, so, yeah, man. Oh, so the, the, the fucking the snow thing. So... I started to get decently – I started to make a living at, at comedy right around the time we went to war uh, in Iraq under the Bush administration. And Mark Marin would take me out to open for him, so I would open for Mark. And Mark was much more political back then. He was one of my favorite comics. And Here's a, here's a quick side note, just so you know, Jamie. My old yeah. bass player from my band Electric Angels ended up managing Mark. Really? Yes, Jonathan Daniel. That's, you know, from and he ended up managing him, and and all throughout the whole thing. And and I was I I was very uh, very impressed at one point. The a couple a year or two ago, someone texted me and they say, "Hey, Mark Maron just dropped your name." I said, "What? Get out of here!" So, well, that's uh, awesome. I was very happy about that. But I'm that's sorry, so cool. I digress. Yeah, the one time <laughs> I went, the one time I went to his apartment when he still lived in like Queens before the podcast. Um, yeah, we were playing guitars. That's, he like loved play. He like took guitar very seriously. It was much better than I thought he would be. Um, and so, but I wasn't as good as Mark. So I wasn't getting booked. Even when I did well, the politics, it was not a good idea to be political back then. So it was very like, you're either like for America or you're, it was the days of freedom fries. If you remember that. Oh dude. And, yeah. uh, definitely. Man. I remember those. It, and it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It really doesn't. I no. know. I mean, I've been in this, this Stockholm, uh, Sweden chapter now of my life for a while and there will be a new yeah. chapter moving on and stuff, but that whole Los Angeles chapter, because I lived in New York as well, um, okay. for, for years and, um, you know, but that was during that time that I was living in Los Angeles and it did, it, I, I remember those early days of like, yeah, it was, you had to really, patriotism was, it was yep. so weird that, that, that patriotism became man. political. <laughs> oh, I mean, I remember opening for Janine Garofalo once in Boston and Fox News cornered us outside the theater because she just spoke out against the Iraq war, which now we look back. 
about like what a failure it was, yeah, how well, course, yeah. a lot of Republicans talk about, uh, I mean, it just, uh, unequivocal, just disaster. And the fact that they were cornering this five foot two actress who was like, yeah. Hey man, maybe we shouldn't like bomb a hundred thousand Iraqis, um, is so crazy at the time. And I mean, I think that's actually a really good example for people who maybe are speaking out now. now and are just getting shit on. It's like, hey, just wait, you know, like just has there, anyway. has there been anything political that's happened this last week? I'm not sure. Really? Is I think it's been pretty chill. I think <laughs> yeah, Trump was just kind of like, how can I help um, usher in the new? I, you know, uh, I, haven't heard the, I haven't read the news. I haven't read much news lately. I've just been hyping your you, you being on the podcast, Jamie. That's all. Oh my god, my uh, I just before I got on, uh, I posted on my Instagram story. The Onion had a headline that was just like DC police to like something like enlist three officers for inauguration day or like something like it's that. A win. Oh my god, so good. Um, so with we're getting uh, to the so snow, folks. Get, we are def definitely getting to uh, Jamie Kilstein's a, big a break. It's yes. It's tiny so detour. I had to, so I was working at Borders Books and Music, which if you guys don't remember because it doesn't exist, it was the bookstore that only hired the delinquents that could not get hired at Barnes and Noble. Um, so I worked at the Borders in Columbus Circle. It's kind it, of a it, hipster's, it, it was more of a hipster's bookstore, don't you think? I mean, it, you it know. It was a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a little bit more hipster. I mean, Barnes and Noble, literally you had to have like a college degree in English, at least in New York, and like write an essay in your application about like what your favorite like classic literature book was. And I was like, I don't know, man. I just read Calvin and Hobbes. And so I got hired <laughs> at Borders. But it was in like the epicenter of like tourism. It was right in Central Park, CNN building, Time Warner Center. And I was just so miserable there. And, you know, the politics was really tough with stand-up and my ex worked there at the time, and I remember one day she started crying while organizing tiny books, and I was just like, okay, this is the last straw. Like, we have to get out of here. We can't be crying while organizing little tiny books. And so we ironically powwowed behind the business section, and we're like, if we live in a, the car, if I just go from gig to gig, um, we will technically be making a living as artists because we don't have a home. So we just need to make enough money Mobile to get to the next gig. <laughs> yeah. To get to the next gig to get put up. And because I wasn't getting booked at stand-up shows, I started discovering the like poetry scene in New York City. So the New Yorkans Poets Cafe, I mean places where Ginsburg used to perform the last poets and then like hip hop guys like Talib Kweli and Most Def and, you know, I always thought slam poetry was just like pretentious white academics with like short hair. And it was the it was so cool and diverse. And some people were funny and some were serious and some were rappers and some were academics. And so I was like, well, I'm kind of chatty, as you can tell. So instead of just jokes, which I always felt prohibited by because I had to, uh, uh, just be punchline, punchline, punchline. And I was talking about political issues. I was like, I can craft these into like three minute poems and just have punchlines in them, which will make me stand out 
in poetry. And so I started doing really well. I started winning all this shit, like these poetry slams, like the New Yorican. And there's uh, awards. And what, do, what do you win? There's is, there's no participation awards in poetry. It's like poetry, is there? Is no. There? So they so they do slam poetry, Cash and you have uh you have a winner uh of like the night's event, and then you have like a regional competition, and then there are now the first theater I ever performed at was the Paramount Theater in Austin, ironically. And uh, it was my first year doing poetry. And I remember I won everything. I won the New York thing. I won the regionals. I got flown to Austin. I got put up at a hotel that I couldn't even afford to buy internet at because I was so broke <laughs> oh, yeah. that I was like, you know, like it was, the it was, the it was before it was before free internet was in every single hotel. Because I remember the early years when we first started uh you know, touring with Wi-Fi and stuff with Alice, um, th- we would have a big arguments because nobody wanted to pay the thirteen ninety five <laughs> for the twenty four hour access of of Wi Fi. <laughs> yes. kids yes. today don't understand. You don't understand. No. Well, and also when I was on the road, I like if I stayed at like a shitty motel, they were like, "Hey, we got free Wi Fi and waffles." The red revenge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then every time I got put up at a fancy hotel, I was like, I can't afford anything. <laughs> um, so I remember, uh, so I ended up getting like fifth in the fucking world my first year doing it uh, at the Paramount Theater. If I made it to the finals, I didn't even have enough poems because I was like <laughs> brand new. So I, I don't know what I would have read. Um, I remember when the, when the list of the top 10 got announced, there was this huge... Um, like circle around whatever fancy hotel we were staying at. And I just kept hearing people go, who the fuck is Jamie Kilstein? Who the fuck is Jamie Kilstein? And so you just said, I am the Eminem of eight mile rap battles. That's who I am. (laughs) Yeah. dude. That I swear to God, that's like what it was. And so God, and I forgot it was in Austin. That's so cool. And so, um, How's the snow come into uh, snow is coming into the story at one point. Yes. Isn't? Okay. Okay. So <laughs> there are just people who are like, I don't listen to this goddamn podcast and not hear <laughs> snow stories. So I, uh, I started getting booked. I wasn't getting booked at comedy clubs. And sl- what's cool about poetry is there's much more of a musicality to it. So even if you watch my Conan thing, that was very poetry inspired, but I'm also, I'm tapping my foot while doing stand up. It's because it's, it's musical in my head. And so I started just playing poetry slams and living out of my car because I could get booked there because there they were, you know, super down with being political. So I would just drive from city to city to city. And I did this for about two years. And then uh, I did mushrooms in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as you're supposed to do. That's where you're supposed to do it. Yeah. It's the only place. Don't do it. Don't do it in Hollywood, California. And and when it comes on, your, you know, apartment landlord just goes in the elevator with you. And that's when it hits you. That's actually what happened to me. Do not do it then. (laughs) So how was nightmare? Nope. I was in a backyard in the desert and it was glorious. Aww. And I, um, but I was supposed to go to Texas the next day to do another poetry slam in San Antonio. Uh, it snowed in Texas. There you go. Texas didn't know what to do. So Texas just closed. It was like, you can't come to Texas. And it, it was like, it was like the other day. There was like barely any snow and they're like, we don't have salt. Like they didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's like Los Angeles so when Texas- it rains. You know what I'm saying? Stormwatch oh. 2020, Dude, Stormwatch. I like, yeah, if it rains when I lived in LA, if it rained, I'm not going to my gig. I'm like, I'm like, I'm staying, I'm staying home. There's no way. So the, 
So I stay an extra night in Albuquerque. There happens to be this weird arts festival. This poet goes, hey, take my spot. You need money. The show was so wild where it was called the Reptilian Lounge. And if you were an audience member, you'd pay $10. Then they give you back your $10 in quarters. It's a variety show. So there's like a musician, poet, you know, whatever. And then depending on how much they like you, they hurl quarters at the stage. Sounds like a Canadian strip club, actually. And then literally... (laughs) Hot burlesque girls come and they pick up the fucking quarters and then you get paid. I got $35, but there was a director there. uh, And that was the guy, this guy, Paul Provenza, who hosted that show, The Green Room, I did on Showtime and was just connected. And he brought me to the UK to the Fringe Festival at Edinburgh. And that's when I started being more experimental. That's when I started making a living. Um, And so I would make all of my money in the UK, come back to America, couldn't get booked at a D-rate comedy club. I still can't really. And then I would go back to the UK and fucking play theaters and shit like that, get reviews. And I remember I wrote my dad once and I told him, uh, I go, dad, I got like a five-star review. It was either The Guardian or The Scotsman or something. And uh, my dad, in in classic dad form, <laughs> writes back. He goes, "That's great," which is awesome. He could have stopped the email then, and he goes, been "Maybe great. one day you'll get." Yep. And then he goes, "One day you'll get reviews like that in America." And I was like, "God damn it, Dad! <laughs> you you could have done less work and not made me a sad. Oh. You could have just hit send." Welcome to the dad so, yeah, issues. Well, welcome to the Dad Issues Club, which we all, I think, have. There's no doubt about it. That's why. Know? That's why we're good. That's why we're good at what we do. <laughs> Real quickly, I mean, your story about snow in Austin and how, or in Texas, and how people don't really know how to deal with it. I grew up in uh, Northern California. It snowed once, and um, basically, yep. that was like everything for us in the papers and everything and, and, and it melted the next day. So when we were first starting the podcast, folks, um, Jamie's in Austin and I'm in Stockholm. Uh, I have the snow that lasts forever. And, uh, Jamie says, all your snow is gone right now. Isn't it right? Oh, it's it, gone. There, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, it was beautiful for a day and now it, yeah, it's totally gone. I, I went running this morning and I did, I, I didn't see ice. It was just totally gone. So that new Mexico, uh, gig got you sort of mm-hmm. a little it gave you a, a start it gave you it gave you a, yeah. a, a nice okay i love it well because the, the, where yeah, i mean I, go ahead no you go you go well because where i found you just recently because obviously there's a whole story before that but i watch uh a crystal and sager on rising a lot and I, I watch them when i'm you know working out in in the living room folks it's it's not uh like everyone's bitching and complaining about gyms being closed. I, I understand that and, and I feel bad for you, but I've been doing this video workout for like about 10 years now. It's called the 30 day shred, some sort of, um, what, uh, what's her name? Um, Vic knows it. Vic, can you put a clip of her uh, video up? Um, <laughs> It's a workout video that's like it's a half an hour workout video I do. And I watch YouTube while I'm doing the video, uh, while I'm doing the workout. And uh, Crystal and Sager, 
I saw you on Rising. I saw you on your couch. Is that the same couch that you had before you it's moved? The same couch. It's the same couch, but it's sure a different is. backdrop. Okay. So, well, the the backdrop thing I had, which was the very like literally, I got dumped, and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna get a bunch of like art, and I got like literally like teenager like that backdrop art. sort of looks but like it, a it, mushrooms trip. It does look like a mushrooms trip in um, New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so but it doesn't fit on um, there's this weird little half wall Damn. and so it doesn't fit so hendrix which used to be in the bedroom hendrix oh, now man. gets the prominent display which you, you can't be mad As i might should. put it like over the couch <laughs> I but I, i'm just so happy to to see you on that couch because that's the couch where i sort of uh d- met you from and sort of know you from and uh you've oh, yeah. been on like all the major podcasts. You have your own podcast. In fact, folks, um, like I said, I appreciate you watching in the trenches that everybody that's listening and watching, but you're going to definitely watch Jamie's as well. Vic, you do have a uh, picture of uh, Jamie's newest podcast. There it is. Fuck up's guide to self help. I love it. It's, it couldn't be better. Um, so very clear what the podcast is about. (laughs) I mean, so, so you've been on rising, you've been on Rogan, you've been on all the, you know, I'll talk about a few more of the things that you have done. Um, but then you also are an author as well. And your book news fail hashtag news fail that that yeah. did well as as well so just another avenue yeah. of where you've sort of you know ventured off into yeah it, you know it's i really appreciate you saying that stuff because like you know i wrote that with my ex-wife and the divorce was like nah one of the th- i've been really focused on is and I think the thing that saved me because I talk a lot about mental health on the podcast and like I've been suicidal and Robin Williams was like one of my best friends and like I I have depression and anxiety and I've been through a lot and um, and the divorce uh, was not good and but I I knew but and I I tried to kill myself um, but I actually had a, a really great girlfriend at the time blah 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 yes you had a support circle yeah and the and that was in los angeles and um but the reason i brought that up is why did i bring that up why did i bring up suicide um mental health blah 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 oh is that recently this year and i knew back then if i became bitter and I've met those guys, and I'm sure you've met those guys yep. um, who are just like, my fucking ex-wife or these bi- or whatever. I'm like, I'm dead. Like, I can't. All I can do is move forward and fix the things that I can fix. And there's Jamie's. Of my, but I was to a point where I'm like, yeah, like I haven't seen that book cover in forever. And to where I'm at right now is like blocking out dope things in your life that you did just because you were with a band that maybe you're not with anymore or a girl who does not like you anymore. Like you shouldn't erase the good things that you built together and that you couldn't have done without each other. And I think that discovering that this year has been this really beautiful moment. Cause even looking at that book, like before I would have been like, ah, fuck. And my heart would have started racing and I would have been like, "Eh." but like, yeah, I forgot Jeremy Scahill called us like a modern Bonnie and Clyde and like Noam Chomsky blurred the book. Like that's so dope. That is Um, no doubt. and, And like 
you don't want to bury that stuff. And I feel like that's what I did with music, which I just like fucking buried it because, you know, my first up at bat didn't work. And so I was just kind of like, all right, fuck music. I guess I got to like do comedy and blah, blah, blah. Um, but hold, <laughs> that is true. But hold on. I do yeah. want to talk about that quote in just a little bit because um, the fact that you are unearthing uh, music again and you're sort of, you you, you were signed, the, the band Jamie Kilstein and The Agenda. It was signed All right. Don, Don Giovanni Records. I love the name of the, of the record label, yeah. by the way, right? Yeah. The whole story. And, and, and that set me off into another rabbit hole of finding out who the fuck is Don Giovanni. So I, I went right. I, I went down and checked out that album. And and that's actually come full circles because you're actually you're you're putting out new music. You're putting out comedy albums in between there. You put out four four comedy albums and this newest one. 25% capacity. Now everything sort of makes sense to me is because I remember you saying that someone had passed, you know, one of your, one of your closest friends and had, had actually died and you didn't know if you wanted to make another comedy album. So you right. made this, you made this 25% uh, capacity. Uh, and I, I don't know if you put it out right before quarantine happened or right as it was happening, but whatever the fuck you did, it's fucking funny. And I think people should, should go check it out, you know, check it out after Thanks, this podcast, man. go to your, go to Jamie Kilstein's uh, YouTube channel and check it out. He has a lot of blurbs on it. He has a lot of clips from it, or you can go on to Spotify, but um, you know, now it all makes sense to me. I was like, cause I was like, who is this friend? I, I, I don't want to always bring up, uh, you know, bummer shit because i mean there's enough of the bummer shit outside the world we, we I, I call it the c word like in here we don't really mention the c word which is you know but but we can now you know it's 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 part of our lives this whole covid bullshit i mean i said there's enough negativity out there the 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 but it's important to actually deal with and this whole you know for me i've been very very lucky to not have depression consume me. I've had periods in my life where it definitely made me make some decisions that I didn't want to make, but I was able to rebound quite quickly. But I do understand and understand deeply how it can grip you and how, how can you get yeah. rid of that? I mean, what has gotten me through is because I got a bunch going on. If you looked at my year on paper, you're kind of like, like it's a, a a miracle that I'm still here. Um, where like before COVID, uh, I joked about this on the album. I have a whole bit about it. Like before, my year was bad before COVID. We're like in January in the same week. Mom went to the hospital. Cat died. Girlfriend left. Like I'm still crying over this fucking cat. Yeah. Um, and it was awful. And it was the first time I've ever been single because I've just relationship hopped or like totally codependent artist fill the sad hole in my heart with uh, women. And and I, I said, I'm like, if everything sucks so bad, if I'm going to, I have to get something positive out of it. So I'm like, I'm going to be single for a year. And then right around two months in, I'm like, this is probably long enough. And then quarantine happened. And I was yeah. like, all right, I guess I have to be single now. 
<laughs> Looks and like so you picked the wrong week this... to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And so I was single for the first time in my life. I'm 38. First time in my life I was single this year. This was the year. And it was great. I mean, it was, there were struggles. There were financial struggles. There were, you know, there were, there were scares. Um, but it's also the first time I've really figured out who I was. So with your question or what we were talking about before is when something bad happens, the way I get through it, I I can't settle for breaking even where I have to come out of it stronger or with something better. So, you know, the podcasts were doing fine and they still are. They're doing good. Um, and it was enough to make a living. Um, maybe not like going back to New York, good living, but a living. Good for you. And our our podcast is like, at this point, it's been a labor of love, hasn't it, Vic? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely like, I mean, it, it still is a little bit of that. Um, and, but I was like, okay, I now don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a cat. What are all the creative things that I've wanted to do that now I no longer have an excuse that I don't have time to do? And so I always wanted to make sketches. So I started making sketches um, on Instagram and those started blowing up. I never knew if I was going to write another stand-up album. And, you know, suddenly I had all these thoughts about being single and dating. And I've never had, I've never talked about that because I was always the political comic. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do one more album. And then I came up with the, uh, the title, 25% Capacity. And I was like, okay, I'm going to record this during quarantine and i want a stand-up album that actually sounds like 2020 not like uh an, an old show of mine from like a big venue like i want it to sound weird and like it's in a warehouse in front of 25 people which it was and we got it out right in the nick of time we got it out in december and um and i recorded it in november half the stuff on there was brand new because i didn't have gigs that uh to practice it so it was like the first time doing it was on an album which is fucking insane and unheard of and so i was like cool i'm gonna make an album that's different and then i bought my first guitar in forever you know i had to when i was broke i sold my guitars to moby who didn't need them but he was nice enough and knew i needed money you talk about so, the like, moby, moby the, mo the yeah the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the remix so, moby. okay so you were palling around yeah, with him as well okay so yeah, so Moby has my fucking guitars <laughs> and I was just like the last amount of money I had, I just bought a guitar online during COVID, um, started playing again and started writing poetry again and pretty much everything that I, I put to bed due to embarrassment, I was like, I'm going to do and, it, it. It, and, and now in Austin, I'm doubling down, but that it ties into the mental health. For me, it's like, Damn. you can't just, because I, I have friends who do this or women I've dated who like, they'll stress out and they go, okay, now I have to go meditate. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, we should be doing all the things that make us happy on the regular, not like break glass in case of emergency. We should be doing it to kind of like build ourselves up so that when shit does hit the fan, we can kind of go like, okay, I still have a lot. I still, and you know, and for me, it's always been creative. It's practicing scales on the guitar is mental health for me because I love the guitar. Oh. Um, and, and so I feel like when, when shit is rough, that's kind of the time to make the big swing. 
And instead of just being like, oh, how do I just fucking survive another day? It's like you don't with that attitude. It's terrible. And I've done it and I've tried. You have to be like, all right, shit sucks now. So I guess I'm going to go after my dream. And as insane as that sounds, the times I've done it, like it's fucking worked. And maybe so make it pulling for it to work again. And make it part of your routine as well. I mean, you, you've oh, you've yes, obviously 100%. done that now. You've made the move to to Texas. Was part of that move? Did it have to do with, you know, the whole your your fascination with kickboxing, with with jujitsu, with music, um, with getting a with starting a new path? What was the whole move that you made? Because you lived on the East Coast, then you moved to Los Angeles, and now you're in Texas. So, what was yeah. that whole move inspired by? So. I have been re-fascinated. When I dropped out of high school, I had an English teacher. And my English teacher took me aside one day and said, you are failing my class miserably. You have a 12%. I had a 12%, which I didn't think was possible, but I had a 12%. But he goes, you're one of the smartest kids I have. Because what I could do was, list, even though I didn't read the book, I could listen to the conversation that they were having and pick up on like what I would do as a writer or what I would do as a character in that book. So I didn't read the Joy Luck Club, but if there was a question about what should this woman do, I would raise my hand and, you know, be like, bitch, she's got to get out of that relationship or whatever. And he's like, I know you didn't read the book, but like, yes, you're right. It was a book? Or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. And so he told me one day, and he should have gotten fired for this, but it saved my life. He goes, school is not for everybody. And at that point, I thought that dropouts were just like drug dealers or criminals or whatever. And yeah, I lived in a very like white suburban uh, town. We were like the poor people in the in the like up and coming town. And he gave me his fucking copy, like a movie of On the Road, of Jack Kerouac's On the Road. And that book I also brought uh, when me and my ex-wife went on this car adventure And so recently, I don't know how it happened. I think I just watched this like Bob Dylan documentary, the Thunder Road one uh, on Netflix. And I was like so fascinated by back then there weren't tribes. It wasn't like you're a comedian, so you only do stand up or you're a musician, so you only do music. It was like Jack Kerouac was going to jazz clubs, right? Uh, And he was doing stuff with Allen Ginsberg. And Allen Ginsberg, the poet, was going on the road with Bob Dylan, the musician. And it was just all of this like... And then... then they were even tied to the spiritual community. They were like, some of them were like going to like Ram Dass retreats and all of these things that I love. Ram Dass, poetry, music. Like it was all fucking tied together. And so... We were we were I DMing just, about that. We were we were messaging each other back and forth the other day. And it, you, Jamie, you turned me on to these the voice messaging through Instagram, which was much easier. I sure did. Right? I <laughs> but got it only so gives you one excited. minute. <laughs> Dude, I got so excited when I was like, this fucking guitar player I know is hitting me up from some political show I did. And like you probably thought it was just gonna be a simple like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And I'd be like, sure. And I was just like, bad no. news, buddy. We're gonna be friends now because I want to play guitar. We're, and like, <laughs> we're going back and forth with it. And you, we were talking about that because I was, I was telling you about uh, the '80s when I lived in Los Angeles and where there was this synergy at one point where musicians, comedians, 
and strippers, you know, and actors as well. They, they, there, everybody, there was this community and we would all go to the comedy store on Monday nights because it was a free, you know, two drink cover or two drink, two drink minimum. But luckily, you know, nine times out of 10, we'd have a burlesque dancer pay for those drinks. And then everybody would go over yeah. to, you know, Ricky Rackman's cat house, which was a rock club back in those days. And, and, and the, and I still remember, you know, being able to hop the line in front of Mickey Rourke at that time. And Mickey Rourke being very, very <laughs> upset about it. That was my big claim to fame is like, <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's a good one. But, but there was this synergy between all these different types of things. And, and, and so I guess, in a sense, you're moving back to Texas or, or you're, you're moving to Texas. Is it, you yeah. want to sort of create this sort of synergy? I, yes. Yes. That's and I want to be around creative people and I want to just be like, I have a sketch idea and this guy wants to be a director. So I'm going to do it with him or, Hey, I have this new spoken word piece. Does someone want to put music to it? Because New York and LA, you know, I loved getting out of New York and LA and I loved being in nature because uh, I was in Tucson for a year and I was like, I don't want to go back to LA, but I do want that creative community. And Austin seems like this perfect combination of like, there's nature, there's quiet, but there's also this like boom in art scene. And it's so wild because even on this podcast, remembering that the big poetry nationals were here or that you know, Texas was tied into me getting discovered, snow in Texas. And when I was a kid, I always, even before I went to Austin, I said that I wanted to go to Austin because the first guitar player I loved was Stevie Ray Vaughan. The first wow. comedian I loved was Bill Hicks. And yeah. these were Texas, Texas guys. And even when I, yeah, and even when I got older, and I've become friends with like Hicks's family. Um, and so like we talk about this stuff a lot and how much Hicks hated LA. And so my thought was kind of like something has always been pulling me here. I mean, even the years where I was kind of successful with comedy, I would meet with agents and be like, I kind of just want to leave New York. And like, and I would always use as just an example. I'd be like, I can go to Austin or something. Yeah. And so again, to circle it all back to the the Damon, um, I just followed it where I'm like, Jesus, I've been saying the words Austin. And dude, before I moved here, I'd probably only spent a total of like th four days here. I did, there was the the poetry thing was like four days, played at the Paramount Theater. Sarah Silverman brought me in one time to open for her years ago, also at the Paramount Theater. Uh, and that was it. But again, I was like, Stevie. Something was drawing you there. <laughs> Someone was drawing me here. And so I was just like, well, it's got to, again, also 2021, right? Swing fucking big. It's like, well, I can be depressed here. And by the way, I was doing really well in Tucson. Like it's cheaper. Like I could have done the big fish, small pond thing. And I was just like, no. I just want to give it another shot. And yeah. You know what? So I commend you because you said, like, you said, you said, you know, you, you got a new agent manager that you're working with and you and you're pursuing music as well. Um, you've dove, you've dove into a little bit of guitar and I wanted to put that quote up. I think Vic put it up earlier, but let me see if I can get that up. Um, it was about this. It was I don't think anyone would think this funny no, I, I thought it was hilarious because this is one of your Twitter tweets. And again, a lot of the things that you say on Twitter are, are, really really funny like i said I, i've i've yeah. been studying it and and sort of going down it and just and just 
enjoying all your your tweets but it is true if you if you if you watch the master class of carlos santana he talks way i don't know if he teaches a single thing but he talks a lot about vibing he talks a lot about this so so if but i i loved it i know fucking (laughs) but when it was like c tab uh i was just like c tab for what he would literally yeah just be talking about like c god on acid and then it'd just be like and i'm like i don't need to learn that uh but it was so cool like uh it was just awesome to see someone who's done so much just like talk about that shit and there is something to that there is something to vibes i mean this sounds so silly but like when i saw like your outfit right now I was like, oh, this is why I want to be a fucking musician again. I was like, there is something about the confidence and the vibe of so many musicians. And Santana even talked about that. He talked about having confidence when you play notes. And he even referenced, he goes, he goes, be like Bruce Lee. Like, don't second guess it. Just like play. And be, be, the, wa- be, the, be the water, right? Water and yeah. glass. Be the water. Yeah, I love that. And just have that confidence. Whereas like comedians, like we show up in like our fucking sweats. And, uh, I'm, I'm in sweats. And, 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 waist down. <laughs> okay, good. I feel better now. Because I'm like, you're rocking that hat and those glasses are fucking Nope. Um, but anyway, uh, I still think I appreciate it, Jamie. Here's the thing I wanted to put because I it, it, it's 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 a nice shameless plug into our one tiny uh, 15 second commercial that we have in between the podcast to sort of break it up. Uh, but it it does inspire with the guitar lessons because. I want to offer you uh, guitar lessons into the System 12, which we are doing. And everybody else that is watching the podcast now, you can watch this really quick 15-second commercial and you can uh, judge for yourself if you'd like to join. So check this out for 15 seconds and see if you like it. Hold on, Jamie. We'll be one second. I don't care if you're 7 years old or 70 years old. It's never too early or too late to start learning guitar. I'm Ryan Roxy. Come and check out the System 12 Guitar Method. Fifteen seconds long. That was quick. That's our. That's folks. That's our. That's the most amount of commercials that we have in the in the trenches podcast because we are here with our guest Jamie Kilstein. Um, we're talking uh, New York, L.A., Austin, and um, I'm. It's just a pleasure to have you on. The, I want to do that, by the way. Well, you're you're going on it because it, we've we're we're in the midst I'm of like, this. I'm very excited. Yeah, we're in the midst of this thing called the System Twelve Twelve Week Challenge. You can pick up any time now. So I'll. I'll hit you up with the you know all the links after the podcast is over but there's a couple other topics that i want to talk about because like i said you have your own podcast that you're doing right now but you've been on a lot of other podcasts um that i've seen i even saw you on the glenn beck podcast oh my i i mean this is something that i i would not picture jamie kilstein being but then i watched it and i was like what the fuck? Glenn Beck has great production. What's up with the production of his podcast? Dude, that studio. Was it a team? What, who was on? How many people were working on oh, that? It, no, it was like a massive, it was like a television studio. Uh, ha, yeah. Okay. I mean, Buddy, when you, when, you, when you sell out and only try to appease rich people, uh, you get dope dicks. Um, fucking missed the wrong yeah. boat on that one, man. Because he he looks a little like Colonel Sanders now, but at the same time, he like he's he's making Colonel no, Sanders he, money. I think that's what he was doing. kicking it. Yeah, <laughs> and he was really nice. Uh, he, you know, I wanted to do the show because 
for the longest time, my resume had three blurbs on it. One was from Rolling Stone about my comedy. One was from Robin Williams about my comedy. And then the other one was Glenn Beck saying that Jamie Kilstein is a doofus. Um, because uh, I made a lot of fun of him. Uh, as, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as you as you rightfully should. I mean, and I, then, I haven't yeah, read and his Twitter today, a, but I mean, I'm sure it's something. Uh, I, I, I I I can't look at it. <laughs> and uh, but I wanted to try. I'm like, okay, if there's any, I have my problems with a lot of parts of the the left. Um, but I also didn't want to be like the right wing's poster boy for like, you know, here's a lefty who's disenfranchised with the left. Like, that's why I like um, rising so much. It's because they're like authentically themselves. And I've seen a lot of people who have made a lot of money off of being like the like former liberal now, like anti-woke, anti-feminist. And I needed money. Uh, and, and, and I probably maybe should have done that instead of fucking buy a guitar I couldn't afford. But, um, you know, I was like, I wanted to go on that show and 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 talk about my problems with the left, but also like stand my ground and be like, hey, here's a fucking. I don't want all the millions of people to listen to Glenn Beck to say, you know, every liberal is this like, uh, whatever, like calling all of us Nazis, anarch, whatever their fucking yeah, whatever their mantra. Yeah. And so I went on and I, I think I, I talked about, from what I remember, I think I talked about Palestine. I think I talked about Black Lives Matter, like very liberal things, but I did it in a way that wasn't yelling at them or condescending to them. Yeah. And so maybe if they follow me and they think I'm funny, uh, I don't know if I'll suddenly change their mind or if they're going to go open up like a, a mom and pop abortion and healthcare shop. But got it. <laughs> maybe the next time one of their friends that's that's like what on Sweden's fucking flag, right? Um and but maybe, you know, the next time one of their friends are like, Oh, all liberals are these fucking cuck, whatever. They'll be like, I don't know, man. I heard this like jujitsu guy who was like kinda nice and he made some decent points about how we should like take care of each other and like blah blah blah. And you know, I did it. Now there was a part of me that was very tempted to like keep doing those shows because they were really nice and they really liked me but i could feel the temptation to not start being more conservative than i am but start playing into it and like only tweeting about when when the left fucks up and what and that's when i was just like kind of doubled down on the artist thing on like you know today the the poem i posted on instagram like it is political it's about what happened in washington and it's about how if that were black people it would have looked much fucking different and i'm really proud of it and it's political and i'm sure i'll lose some followers which usually happens but it was authentically who i am and now maybe in a month there'll be something that like, I'm very excited for Trump to be gone just so I can criticize Biden. Like I just like, you <laughs> know, get some new gonna, fresh material. Yeah. yeah that guy's going to piss me off too. Um, but like, I just, I would rather make art and talk about mental health on the podcast and, 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 and inspire people that way and be a good example than another political pundit who has to scour Twitter every day for a hot take about something that maybe I give a shit about, maybe I don't. And so, you know, I'll go on Rising, I'll go on on shows like I respect, but I'm like, I don't want to do like political 
circuits, you know? But I think the key word is authenticity. And the fact that you're on, you know, my podcast, you're on, you know, a, a ton of other shows that have, you know, tons more views and this and that, but you're saying it with, you're saying your story, uh, with the same sort of passion that you would say it on any show. I think people will respond to that and people will grow. Oh, I was the most excited about this show just to be incredible. I I swear (laughs) to God, I'm doing Pete Holmes podcast later and he has one of the biggest comedy podcasts. I'm very excited. I like Pete a lot, but like, uh, all the comedy podcasts I did to promote, yeah, I didn't give a shit. Like I love Bert, 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 because Bert's just like a joy. But yeah. like I, Bert Kreischer, I, 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 and that's another podcast that you should go check out, folks that are in the chat right now. He's uh, just so wonderful. Yeah. Um. But he, uh, I told my manager this, and I'll stand by it. I probably told you this on the voice memos because I've been thinking about it a lot. I would rather make a shitty living playing a hundred and fifty cap. Uh, in a band, whether I'm doing spoken word or whether I'm the fucking rhythm guitar player, <laughs> it could be an instrumental jazz project. I don't care. I would rather do that than even if I was given the opportunity to like open for one of these huge comics of like one of these. I just my heart's not in it. Um, Why is it? And, I have a question for you uh, because you, yeah. you you've done all all three actually because you're into sports as well why is it that we always want to be the other sort of guy in some ways i i I always wanted to be a football player that's why i'm such a huge fan of the nfl but you know i'm five eight and if you ask my wife i'm even shorter but uh, you know it's like i'm not that guy that can be in the nfl but i watch it religiously. I love it. I'm, um, I'm such a huge fan of it. Um, I want to sort of have the same sort of insights as comedians do. I think they're, they, they're deep thinkers a lot of times, but then I see a lot of comedians and sports guys that want to be rock and rollers. And yeah. why, why is it that we want to, <laughs> we want to be on that other side of the fence because it is kind of all the same at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't know because you're right. Like the the big musicians who have taken to me are because they think I'm funny. Um, well, you fucking are, the, man. <laughs> I mean, there's, oh, well, there you. there's no doubt. Uh, and, and then a lot of comedians I know, yeah, want to be rock stars. I mean, well, part of it is we have the thing in us that will take a dream to the end. And a lot of people, everybody has that, but it's been bred out of most people by whether it's a shitty education system, a parent who told them they can't play an instrument, whatever it is, we're kind of constantly being told that we can't do it. I think because me and you didn't listen to that and we kept going, we go, oh, we can't, like we've tasted it. And so then when we see things we're fans of, like I bet there have been times where you've watched football as there have been times when I watch UFC or whatever. And I was like, I can fucking do that. Like, because we know what it takes to get really, really good at a thing. Like, that's why like, I'm not stressed about being 38 and I haven't played guitar seriously in years. Cause I'm like, 
okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to double down on work. I'm going to take lessons for the first time. I'm going to like oh, watch all these things. You're in like, on the system 12 now. You're, you're, you're going to be learning in 12 weeks. So don't worry. You're, oh my God. you're and, set now, dude. And by the way, <laughs> your style is something that I've never had and always wanted. Like I'm, I mean, you, I mean, you do it all. You've been playing for so many people for so long, but like I have a very kind of weird effectsy finding melodies uh, uh, style of lead. Whereas like, I don't have the like, Hey man, rip a solo. You know what I mean? Like I have a like kind of like bizarre percussion style thing. So anyway, very excited to <laughs> learn more from you. Um, but the, but I think that might be why. And then it's just classic grass is greener shit. You know, all yeah. of my married friends are like, Oh, being single, man. And then, when and then all my single friends like dude you should see me like being single i don't look at girls and do the like slow turnaround like oh, i'd really love to fuck her i see couples holding hands with their dogs and it brings like a tear Sad to my music. Eye. i'm like yeah that's all i want i'm like i just want that like i watch more jim and pam episodes of the office than i do porn and so i think something in our brain just wants the other thing. And then I think for people like me and you, we kind of, we have that crazy part yeah. in our brain. That's like, I can fucking do that. Uh, <laughs> and so that's kind of all I have so far, but it's fascinating to me. I well, something no, that you I, have, I have something that you have off of 25% capacity. There's, there's one of, sort of section where you talk about you grew up watching romantic comedies and there's a reason why it's a little bit harder to date younger girls. So I'm, that's all I'm going to say folks. Cause you know, I do that's have that. I do know enough about uh, comedy to know that you never do anybody else's bits, but uh, it's great when you should go <laughs> check out Jamie's uh, official YouTube channel as well. Um, of course, and uh, subscribe to ours as well as you're watching in the trenches. Um, I appreciate you guys being in this chat for so long and uh being part of it. Uh, I know that you might not be seeing the comments coming up on the screen. That's because our producer, Vic Chalfant has uh, left the building. So it's just me and you now. Uh, and that's we it. are, and that's cool. That's good with me because God, I, there, there's just a fucking rogue <laughs> that we can go completely rogue. And there's just a couple <laughs> things more I wanted to ask you about a couple things, music related, because this could be kind of cool. Okay. Um, it's, it's cool. something, it's a section that we call the one that got away. And I did not come up with this one. It's a Stanley Gable. I have to get him sort of, it's his publishing that I give him every single episode or I try to the one that got away. Um, I need to ask you about, a, you know, something to do musically or maybe because you've had all these other different facets of your career, something else, something that you had to sell, you lost or was stolen that you wish you had back. Is, I, mean, I definitely want my fucking guitar back from Moby. There it is. The Moby, <laughs> give Jamie his guitars back. Come on, man. Sell it to him at a at a good price. M Moby's Moby's got to be still be doing good, right, man? He's he's got he's that Spotify good. money. He's got yes, Spotify he's, money. <laughs> uh yeah, it's that. But it's also like I had a moment. I had a dude, so all this mental health stuff that I talk about. I really, the reason my podcast is called A Fuck Up's Guide to Health Help is because I'm not preaching from like my hilltop mansion where I'm like, just dip into your, your cold chamber. And like, I'm like, I'm still going through all this stuff. And so everything we talked about today with not being bitter, with stuff like that, I really had a put up or shut up moment where uh, the night Donald Trump was elected, I was going to start doing like comedy music stuff again 
and I wrote this spoken word piece about Trump. It's not my best writing in the world, but that night I did two shows where Moby was doing a show, uh, like a little show, like a fundraiser at a, uh, what, what's that fucking cafe hotel, hotel cafe in Los Angeles? Um, something like that. I think it's a well-known place. Um, but I, but it's, it's, I, it's too hip for me. That dude, Moby's in on the like. He's oh, he's beyond the velvet rope. He's like in the velvet rope, and then there's another room be- behind the velvet rope that only he yeah, can get it, in. You know, it's in that room, my fucking guitar, Moby. <laughs> That's so where then, it is. So, uh, so he played acoustic guitar over me doing this rant, and it did fucking great. And then I hit up Talib Kweli, my favorite fucking rapper on Twitter, and he goes, "I'm performing." at the observatory in OC, he goes, if you can make it down here, come do a spot. And so I drove down there with my girlfriend and I performed there. And I found the clips on fucking YouTube and I watched them and the Talib one, the Moby one, I knew I was going to crush because I had music behind me and I was just doing something different. So the audience was like hollering at every punchline. (laughs) But the Quali one, was really nerve wracking because it's a couple thousand people. I go on before the opening act and I don't have an instrument. So I go up looking like this little like white guitar tech and I just start ranting and I never watch my stand up. But again, this had more of a musical feel. So I watched it. This is yesterday. And the audience goes from what the fuck is this guy to no. like laughing to by the end of it, they are on their fucking feet. So this is Bill Burr in Philadelphia, basically. Yes. yes. Uh, just like a little less adversarial. Perhaps yes. not. Um, also, r- remind me later the next time if I do the show again. Or oh, you're doing the on. show again. You're coming on again. Okay. Man. I, I have a funny story about that. Um, but so, so I watched it. And dude, I hate watching or listening to my stand-up but i i can watch my sketches my music and again i think it's because it's what i'm supposed to be doing um but i watched it and i got goosebumps at the audience's reaction where i was like wow i really fucking did it i really went and opened for my favorite fucking rapper like it felt like a dream it's like when i saw that that the book cover where it's like oh yeah i'm an author because i've had so much failure around all this stuff that it's easy for me to bury to the not, accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. But I had this fucking moment where I got really depressed after I watched it because I went, man, I could still be doing that or I could be with a band or I could whatever. And I started to get really sad. Like, I guess that was it. I guess I blew it. No. And I had to turn it around. And this is where I'm like, okay, I take my own advice. And I turned it around to be like, one, I got to do that. And like, who the fuck gets to do that? That's crazy. But two, if I can do it then, it's like we said before, I have to be able to do it again. And I have to be able to even do it better. And I know it's possible because I fucking tasted it. I just have to laser focus on that and not the negative shit, not the times I've fallen down. It's like, what can we learn from the times we fall down? And then how do we come back stronger? Again, all the cliches. And so... But I felt like I lost something. In that moment when I watched that, I almost felt like I robbed myself of this life that could have been. And now had to tur- flip that around into being like, no, 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 no. We're gonna look how fucking dope that was. We're gonna make that 
right. the life. I want to put. You know? I want you to please send me those inspiring slash depressing uh, video clips, and and at least <laughs> if you if you can like like repost them on your YouTube site if it's possible. I don't even know if you can do that. But uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I sent I sent them to my manager yesterday, so I have them in an email because I sent them to my manager, and I was like, "Fucking see," because my manager <laughs> found me when he was uh, for stand up, and he. But he's and this is new, this is new management that you have, right? Yeah, 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 and he's a music guy, and my agent's actually music as well, because uh, I left my comedy people, and uh, but they were excited to just creatively do comedy stuff with me. And then finally, I was like, bad news, everybody. Like, we're doing music. And they've been so supportive and cool with it. But yeah, I found those clips and I sent them to my manager. Have, to you, like, have, have you found any musicians around Austin already? Like, not that there's tons and tons of them, of course. But have you found yeah. anybody to jam with yet? Well, my friend uh, plays drums for Shakira. And he sent me one of Shakira's old, like, bass player and this producer guy. And so I sent him some of my music. Um, but other than that, I haven't really been out. Everyone's kind of quarantining up still. And, you know, I was just moving in. Um, but I'm sure I will. I think, actually, when you said that, that's not a bad idea. Because right now I'm kind of, like, looking for people to do my spoken word stuff too. But I think as a musician, as someone who wants to learn, I almost think it could be really beneficial to not really take lead vocally and just start jamming with people on guitar just to get better. You know what I mean? Just take that Carlos Santana vibe from masterclass and just, (laughs) you know, just go with the, go with the vibes, man. Yeah. Oh my God! So funny. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hey, let me get everybody here that's uh, watching to uh, follow you on your social medias. Um, I know there's some that are yeah, listening dude. to us on the audio podcast, but I'm going to put up over my face. Uh, these are your links right now, Jamie Kilstein. Um, you got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and and I do you know highly suggest you go check out his Twitter feed as well. Um, even though I'm not a Twitter guy all the time, but Jamie, can you say your uh, links for the people that are listening on the audio yeah so uh twitter is definitely where i have the most followers but it's such a toxic fucking cesspool uh but yeah that's at jamie kilstein instagram i discovered over quarantine and that's where i make all the good stuff and i'm happy and i post dog pictures um that's at the jamie kilstein so the jamie kilstein and then facebook uh you can type in my name and hopefully i'll come up but if not you can go to facebook.com slash Jamie Kilstein fan page. You can also get those links along with the links to the podcast at jamiekilstein.com or jamiekilsteinpodcast.com. Wow, it sounds like you're almost doing your own podcast right there. I love that. That's a good I podcast. Know, know. That's a good podcast I, I, commercial I voice, man. Out. It was yeah, nice. Yeah. Now, I, <laughs> um, hold on because I, you know, I got I got Vic over there as, as, as my producer. I'm always used to him doing all these uh, crazy was- end things. So that's why. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, that was the end. (laughs) We're not ending just yet, folks, in just a couple of minutes, but I have it all queued up, obviously. Uh, (laughs) That was like the end of The Sopranos. It was like very sudden and kind of unexpected. It was. That's how we end this? I know, and the only thing missing was a Journey song, but you know what that's called? Mm -hmm. That's that's job security for our producer, Vic. You know, because he can, he continues to get paid nothing, but he's secure in getting paid nothing for the podcast. Because, yeah. like we said, it's 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 a labor of love at this point. But you know what? With more guests like you, Jamie, 
we're on the up and up and that's uh hell you know yeah. what is the plan for 2021 what the hell are we going to be doing are we because uh, because my whole world is like you know my whole world of, of, of in that sense of touring is is still a huge question mark of what 2021 is going to bring every you know when, when i talk to the agents i talk to the bookers you know everyone's they're i hate the i hate this word uh, toby why do you say this cautiously optimistic I love, you know, the word cautiously optimistic means probably not going to happen. Oh my God. You just like teleported me to a boardroom in Los Angeles. That was perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I keep hearing that too. I keep hearing like falls when people are thinking, Um, you know, me and you are in a different situation, but maybe you can get something out of this where, you know, you have your sort of successful flag uh, planted with, with music. It's, it's, but, it's awesome that you're doing the podcast and the lessons and shit like that. Like you are the people who adapted in 2020 are going to come out so fucking strong. You know, I'm so lucky about the podcast. I'm lucky that I started doing these comedy sketches, which took off. I mean, things that I just wanted to do artistically ended up saving my ass, you know? Um, And I think that it's, it's cool to watch, you know, like someone like you, where it's like, whoa, you're really good at podcasting. Um, you know and, what? But like, I think you adapt to whatever you're doing. I, I, I like, I like, I'm interested in talking to people. I'm interested in finding out a little bit more of their story. And I, and I really hope yeah, it's that's authentic. Yeah. Like well, it's what you said before, where you're not just like, oh, I guess I got to do a podcast to make money because I can't tour. It's like, because you are interested, because you are researching, because you're trying to learn, it's like, that's what makes the podcast so good. That's what I always try to tell people who ask advice. It's like, don't ask me how to make money. Like you just have to figure out what you want to say uh, and how to be yourself. And so that's great for me. I'm using this as an opportunity. You know, you don't necessarily need this like I do, but for me, I'm kind of like, Oh no touring. Great. I'm going to be locked in my apartment, getting fucking ridiculous at guitar writing. I'm writing like three poems a fucking day and spoken word pieces and sketches and scripts. And so that one of my favorite stories is the author, David Sedaris, Who's yeah. like number one New York Times bestseller, humorist guy? I love David Sedaris. Is it Sedaris? Sedaris? You say tomato, I say tomato. I think it's Sedaris. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you fucking. I, I, I try to. Pr- I, I, I'm always. I'm always conscious of that because yeah. for many, 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 many years, even to this day, people call me Brian Broxy. Um, for, no. <laughs> I was going to say that as a joke. Well, oh, maybe no. some. Maybe some yeah. of it is. But but like for Jamie Kilstein. I went on to different. I uh, you get Kilstein. I get Kilstein. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I I went on to I go on to other people's interviews and I see how they say their name. I try to get the artist themselves to say their name themselves. So anyway, I, 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 I don't know if it's Joe Sedaris or so Sedaris. I know that, that, that yes. Dave, David has a, a sister named Amy. They're both very successful. God bless them. Okay. So that's great. So she became successful first with this show she did called Strangers with Candy with Stephen Colbert. Right. And David at the time was living with their parents. He was like not successful. He was in his thirties. And one day she is doing a reading. She has David open for her. And uh, he kills, reads some like short piece he wrote. And a lit agent, a literary agent came up to him afterwards and goes, have you ever thought about writing a book? And David Sedaris goes, I have three. Now, he wrote those books in the basement 
not because he had an advance, but he wrote those books because he followed his heart and he wanted to write those books. Then the opportunity presented itself. Then he was prepared. So that's how I'm treating 2021 where I'm like, I don't want to do stand-up gigs right now. Those are the ones I'm being offered. I'm telling my manager and my agent, I'm like, find a musician that vibes with me. We can do a split bill. I can do spoken word. I can do music. Then they can play music. Then we can fucking encore together. I used to tour with this guy, Reggie Watts, who's like really famous now, but he does like beatboxing and piano. Um, I think he's actually the main, I think he actually is the band leader for James Corden show now. Anyway, um, but we would encore together and I would do one of my rants and he would be beatbox. Just like me and Moby would do. Moby would play guitar and I would do one of my like spoken word things. So, all I'm focusing on until that happens is just getting better and just the craft and just like, I'll get by financially. Like I've gotten by this far. I'll get by. But I'm like everything I can do lessons, studying, listening to music differently, um, uh, writing, 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 writing. That's what I'm doing. So I can have that. I have three uh, ready when it is time to tour. So that's what I would say to everybody else and everyone listening, even if it's not artistic, you know, if you're single, become the kind of fucking person that attracts the the girl or guy you want. I mean, that was also something that, man, I've been hit up more than I've ever been hit up in my life because I'm not so desperately trying to get into a relationship. I'm figuring out who the fuck I am. So when I do get into a relationship, now I know for the first time in my life, I like to wake up early. I like to meditate. I like to do jujitsu. I need these hours to play guitar. And I'm going to find someone who fits that bill instead of my old list was like anybody can, who will have sex with yeah. me. <laughs> or how can like, I fit into their world? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I, I did that all the time too. So that's how I'm handling 2021. It's kind of like I'm stuck cool creatively how can being backed into a corner make me stronger and that's the plan now i'll have these fucking moments where i see like the video opening for talib quali where i go but i want that <laughs> but then in a weird way it's like it's almost it's not refreshing because i don't want this to be the case but it does make you kind of breathe easier where it's not like you're not on tour right now and everyone else is on tour it's yep. not like you've been replaced. It's yep. not. So I can really use this as my like training montage in the martial arts movie so that when it's tour time, it's like, great, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, you know what, folks? The, welcome a new member of the Roxy Guitar Army because we are we are Fuck hooking yeah. up uh, Jamie to be part of it as well. It's been a pleasure having you on the In the Trenches podcast. Um, I really hope that sometime in 2021 you can come on again. We can we can catch up. We can see how our progress is doing with both of our yes. sort of projects and what we're doing. Oh, that's great. Um, maybe if if everything works out like you say by the fall, we'll actually be able to meet and uh, sort of embrace at one point. Wouldn't that be oh, human God. touch? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Dude, I really, I'm going to put this out in the universe. I really want to do a record where I take some of my favorite musicians. I'll be like the Santana of spoken word <laughs> and like do collaborations where it's like, hey, give me a piece and like you can have like a fucking guitar heavy one. And then maybe there's a hip hop one and I just write spoken word pieces yeah. like over them. And I can even talk to the artist like, what is the thing you 
care about like maybe for you it is a political one you know because that's how we met i don't know but i think that would be so fucking dope um that's my thing too is like i just want to make art with cool people i don't want to be around negative bullshit i don't, don't want to do stuff for the wrong reasons i just want to make art with dope people well there you go as as the manager of spinal tab would say to nigel tufnell consider it done how about that? Hell yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So thank Jamie, you so much, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everybody that's in there, um, hang out, Jamie, for just one second while I try to attempt to get these uh, end credits going. But uh, folks, uh, until next week, until next Tuesday, uh, when we have the world's uh, most famous percussionist, you name him, mystery man, most world's most famous percussionist on our In the Trenches podcast. I will see you then. Until next time, I'm Ryan Roxy. Enjoy the ride. Jamie Kilstein, thank you very much for being on, yeah? Take it easy, folks. Enjoy the ride. See ya. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back. <laughs>